Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Keeson and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Wednesday, March the 14th, 2018. It's 4 p.m. Eastern Time, your second daily dose of happy for the day. And this is proving to be yet an, another happy day in the week. It's, it really is a happy day in the week. As I told you, Wendy, before we did the podcast today, I have now completed 60% of editing the book. So I'm really pleased with the progress of that. It's coming that along really nicely. Progress. Yeah, well done. Finally getting back to it, all of a sudden the number's going up again. <laughs> the way it's supposed to. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, well, it, it's been fun. Speaking though. of numbers, you haven't told us in a while how many listeners or how many listens how many our plays? podcast has had. Do you know, you know that? Yeah, how many we're, plays? I think today we're actually closing in on 30,000. Let me just take <gasps> a quick look while we're I, I kind of had a feeling we were coming close to that, and you we hadn't are. mentioned anything in a while, so I was being I hadn't curious. had a chance to look. Let's see. I have, I have two numbers I have to add up, so let's see what we got here. Really close. Do you add in your head or do you do it on on a calculator? Well, I'm pretty quick on my head. Yeah, we're actually over 30,000. We've hit 30,000 <gasps> today. Wow. Thank Banner you, listeners. Yeah, thank you, listeners. All right. Because remember, we're heading for over a million listens in 2018. That's right. So I, yeah. We, we are building momentum wonderfully. We are. I mean, 30,000 is nowhere near a million yet, but boy, is it on the right track because a year ago... We were at maybe 500. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't very big yeah. at all. <laughs> so, well, you yeah. know, we've been talking the last couple of days about the power of momentum. And that wasn't our category or our topic for the day, but we kind of pieced it in. And I know that's kind of where we ended yesterday's show was about the power of momentum. That's right. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I really knew that our listenership was going to increase in a really big way. And it was going to get that snowball effect, you know, the momentum effect. And I, I can see that we are on target to, to hit a million. Oh, the, yeah. The, the growth curve is really good and it's, and it's very encouraging. I think we do have a very, very good chance of getting there maybe even well before the end of the year. It just depends on how aggressively the whole growth curve continues to grow. Hopefully it grows and grows and grows. That would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm glad well, you mentioned I think it too. When we, because... when we published the book, I think we're going to see a huge spike yeah. in numbers because, yeah. you know, that's when we're all targeted to do some major publicizing of what we're doing. That's right. Yeah. And that's going to happen in the next couple of three weeks, something like that. So, yeah, it's coming fast. It's coming real, real fast. And and I, I want to thank you. Thank you for bringing that up because I, I had kind of ticked it in my mind like, oh, yeah, check the numbers today. We're probably going to hit 30,000. And I forgot about it because I just got back from a meeting with Louise and our new sales rep, Marie. Uh, for the gardening business and we're planning you know the the opening of the the season and so forth and as i got back here my whole concern was okay i gotta get back gotta set everything up so we can do the podcast because wendy's gonna be connecting pretty quick didn't even think about it so thank you for reminding me because that's a big big win i appreciate it that is a very big win as is having our new sales rep That, that that's a big win too i mean i mentioned that one last week that we hired the sales rep and marie is really good she's going to be terrific uh, we were already talking about how she she's a realtor, so you know gardening services realtor. I mean, it works very nicely together. It dovetails beautifully, and we we're talking about all the different ways that she can like you know um, resell. You know, she, she's got a, a a person who she's bringing on board to sell their house, and oh by the way, we can do a little curb appeal and you know all that kind of stuff. So it, mm, it's fun. Nice. It's fun talking about all that. And plus, we're making a concerted strategic plan to uh, penetrate the West Hartford market, which is a really good market for us. Um, and it's a hard one to get into, surprisingly. You, know, you would think a city market would be easy, but it's, this one particular, it has its own particularities to it. And I won't bother get, to get into it, but it's just a, a lot of the methods we could normally use don't work there, so we have to be creative. And that's fun, too. So we're, we're exploring mm-hmm. new that things. Yeah. So how are you doing? Well, How's you know, your day been? Really good. Um, first, I have two things I wanted to share. One, you had forwarded to me and a couple other oh, yeah. co-hosts the comment that one of our listeners left. Right. And, and the fact that it wasn't just her saying, wow, I love your show, but I love that she specifically pointed out things that she was really gaining great value in. And she pointed out, you know, some of the co-hosts that she was specifically getting this, this, and this from. And I love that. Yes, it was fun because I was mentioned, but I love the fact that she was giving us specifics. It wasn't just, hey, yes. love your show. Yes. Because 
who knows what that means. Mm -hmm. But what it did for me is it showed me how, because she pointed out specific things she was learning from different co-hosts. And I thought, wow, it just reminded me what a really great mix of people that you've put together to host the shows so that people can get a really nice variety. Because yeah. all of us hosts, we are very different. Very. We have different backgrounds. We have different things that we'd like to focus on. And um, I thought that was especially cool. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, and the second thing is I want to kind of give, you know, my update on Project X and where it is in its creation. Um, Before you get into the Project I was, X, I want to say one other thing. Uh, I did shout yeah. out to Kim. Kim was the one who sent this in. Kim from, uh, she's from Down Under. She's from Sydney, Australia. And I did shout out this morning, but I just wanted to make sure I mentioned her name because, Kim, we really did appreciate that email. So thanks so much for sending it. Yes. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so, you know, honestly, with Project X, there doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of stuff for me to think about or stuff for me to do. And so a little before the show started, I was just kind of checking in, you know, with my inner being going, well, things are quiet. I'm assuming that quiet is okay because, you know, if I needed to know something or do something, I would be on it. And I kind of got to get, yeah, I got to get validation on that. And I said, so it kind of feels almost anticlimactic and it hasn't even like manifested in three-dimensional form yet, but there's a little bit of anticlimax going on. And so I was just kind of feeling into that, like, what is that about? And immediately the thought of when we bought our house came to mind mm -hmm. where there was a ton of action, a ton of stuff to do in the selecting of the house and the finding the house and getting the mortgage in process. And then of course, you know, other setbacks had happened. And then once we knew it was happening and we had a closing date and the mortgage was approved, then we just like literally had to wait for two weeks until the closing date actually occurred. So for those <laughs> two weeks, there was nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it was done. We knew it was done and it was just a matter of go to sleep 14 times and on the 14th day you wake yeah, right. up and you exactly. go to the closing office yeah. and you get the keys. <laughs> and that was the reminder that was the story I was being reminded of today. Ah. And I went, Oh, so is that where I'm at? And I kind of got a yes feeling. Ah. So it's like all the things I needed to do are done. Um, and now it's just a matter of until the day that project X is opened up to me and revealed to me. And so there's nothing to do, but there's still great excitement. Just like when I was buying a house, there was great excitement. I was talking about it with friends. Yeah, we're going to be moving in two weeks. And I was busy packing and, you know, getting ready. And that's what I feel like I'm doing in my life. Because mm -hmm. as I've talked before, one door is going to close and Project X is going to be the opening of a new door. And I'm doing the packing, so to speak, on the door that's about to close. Yeah. And it really does feel like I'm preparing to get all my ducks in a row. So that I'm ready as soon as Project X opens up to me, I'm ready for it to happen. And so that to me is significant in the process. And it, it's not like nothing's happening because that is a something that's happening. Mm -hmm. It's a new feeling. It's a new state of being. Um, it's uh, shoring up my knowingness of something magnificent that's about to come to me. I mean, yeah. there's probably not an hour that goes by that my thoughts are not drawn to where I'm going, even if I don't specifically know where it is. <laughs> well, and I even have... I'm sorry, I was just going to say, metaphysically speaking, really what you're doing is you're waiting for the closing date at the metaphysical, non-physical title company where the close is going to take place. That's really what you're well, doing. Good. Yeah, I'm waiting on the closing for the new the new door. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> where I get the keys. Yeah, where I get the keys to it. And I even have just, I have just a few people in my life um, that I've given more of the details to and they know what's going on. But it's really fun because now they're asking me, so how's Project X? Have you gotten any, you know, more hits on Project X or do you, do you, do you feel a, a greater sense of when it's going to occur? And just having people say that. Oh, that's nice. Is kind of like, wow, they're supporting me. They're with me. They believe it with me. You know, they're not going, oh, my God, that is such a far-fetched story. You don't even know what you're doing. It's like, no, they totally believe in what I'm doing, even if they don't know the specifics, just like I don't know the specifics. But it's so wonderful to have friends and some family in my life 
that so believe in me and so believe in what I believe in that they're rooting for me and they're talking about it. It's like, oh, that's just fun. <laughs> that, that reinforces your belief too, I would think. Not that your belief is weak, but it's got to help you feel even more confident than you felt before. Well, yeah. And, and I'll tell you that I guess because sometimes it's been hard enough for me to believe in what I'm believing in, but to know that I have friends, that they're not even on the same wavelength with me necessarily on what I'm doing, but they so believe in this mm -hmm. that it's like, wow, that's they believe nice. almost sometimes more than I do or <laughs> did in the past. I'm like, that's really freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, that's what I have felt with the podcast because almost from the moment that you, Tom, and Cindy came on board um, and adding Joel and David in, into the conversational mix as well, all five of you have been telling me how this podcast is, is set to explode and just take off. You guys have believed it better than I have. Not that I haven't believed it, <laughs> but your belief has sustained me in ways that I couldn't even imagine. So I, I figure it's got to be the same effect happening with you. And that's a great feeling. And that truly is the power of sharing your dreams and visions with mm. those that can believe with you right. and can support you and hold a space for you. Yeah. That is such a powerful thing. I can't wait for Keisha to come home today because I want to tell her how Kim specifically mentioned something about me and Keisha. Hey, that's and right, Keisha's yeah. not even a co-host, <laughs> but yet she's heard me talking about talk about her enough that you know she's gaining value even from the stories that I've told her. Right? About Keisha. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so shout out to Keisha so too. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Keisha, for who you are and what you bring to the table. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, man. This this is a – see, I started the show off, and I really meant it, but I started it off today by saying this week is going great. We're really happy. And I feel even better than I did when we started the show. This feels fantastic. I love <laughs> Are this Are you feeling. receiving your dose of happy through this show already, Walt? <laughs> I, I think I'm probably overdosing, and I love every second of it. <laughs> And this is the kind of overdose we don't have to pump your stomach. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> this is the healthy kind of an overdose. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I don't, if, 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 if it's healthy, can you call it an overdose? Oh, what the heck. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's all semantics. <laughs> That's right. Well, speaking of semantics, we're still, of course, um, continuing through the book, The Law of Attraction, The Basics of the Teachings of Abraham. And we're up to the subsection. We're, we're really close to the end of this section, uh, part two of the book. we got like four or five pages left. But, of course, we are okay, taking gotta, our time working through them. i got to stop and ask you a question. Okay. <laughs> so for at least the last week, you have been saying we're really close to the end of we this are. section. We are. We are. We just take our but time. That's my, all. <laughs> but here's my question. What is your, I don't know if I know the right words, fascination or obsession, <laughs> or whatever, about coming to the end of something. I, I think it just gives me something to say. I mean, literally, okay. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, well, you know, I'm trying to bring context to what it is I'm talking about. So I figure, well, okay, here's where we are in the book. We're close to the end. That's, well, that's context. I'm, you such know? A literal, I'm just such a literalist <laughs> that, you know, like I remember when we were 10 pages from the end of this section and you said, well, we might be able to get this section covered today. And I'm thinking, there, and I said, there's 10 whole pages. <laughs> And I've been paying attention to there are days we've only covered a quarter of a page. And I'm like, he thinks we're going to cover 10 pages But you in have one to understand, day? Wendy. I mean, I'm also doing books with Cindy and with David <laughs> and with Tom. With Cindy, with Cindy, you know how many sections we went through this morning? We went through five sections this morning. So I have wow. different experiences with different co-hosts. You and I will take forever on a section. With Cindy's like, bam, here we go. Okay, let's get it there. Yeah. We're like, I'm, I'm looking at this. We're we're about a third of the way through this book, and I'm thinking this could take us to fall. <laughs> it <laughs> probably October. could. Yeah, yeah, it probably could. We, we, we like to spend time on the basics. That's a good thing. <laughs> so anyway, I didn't mean to like say anything ugly. I just wanted to. I just thought, are just we really talking me, about the end all. of this section again? So <laughs> I just thought I'd bring it up just to be silly. Well, you know what I'm so. going to do when we get to the end of the section. I'm not even going to mention it. <laughs> No, you'll wait for me to do it. I'm like, hey, guess what? We're at the end. <laughs> and I'll and say, well, go, I've been what? telling you that Is for the last possible? two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, so, 
now we're on the top of page 69. We are. And uh, you want to get us started? <laughs> sure. Well, this is a, a very poignant topic for anyone who's looking at the basics. And I see lots of people on the Facebook groups who really need to understand this topic a little bit more, in a little more detail than they do. So this is a good one. It's entitled, Can I Think Negative Yet Feel Positive? And Jerry asked the question, so how can we give our attention to or have a thought about something that's negative and not have a negative emotional response to it? And Abraham says, you cannot. And we would not suggest that you try. (laughs) In other words, to say never have a negative emotion would to be the same as saying, do not have a guidance system. Mm -hmm. So pay no attention to your emotional guidance system. Yeah. And that is the opposite of what we're saying. Yes. (laughs) We want you to be aware of your emotions and then guide your thoughts until you feel relief. Mm -hmm. As you are focused upon a little negative thought, you will feel a little unwanted negative emotion. And if you are sensitive to the way you feel and want to feel better, you will change that thought. It is easy to change it when it is a small thought and a small emotion. It's much harder to change it when it's a big thought and therefore a big emotion. The emotion will be proportionate in intensity to the amount of thought that you have amassed by the law of attraction. The longer you stay focused upon what you do not want, the greater and more powerful that thought will become. But if you are sensitive to your emotions and you withdraw your attention from the unwanted subject very quickly, you will begin to feel and you will stop the attraction of this unwanted thing. And there's two very important points there, I think. One very important point is, it's not poison to think about a negative thought. You just don't want to do it very long. You just, I mean, if if you happen to think of a negative thought, okay, just don't follow it up. Just don't stay with it for a minute, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, half an hour, a day, two days, five days, a week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, my guidance um, to, to people have, has been, don't be afraid of negative words. Don't be afraid of negative emotions. Everything has its place. But be aware of what you do with it. Yeah. Be aware, with, be aware of the direction that you are moving when you're using those negative words or feelings. Because I have found, and I know Abraham has actually supported this notion, but I have found sometimes when I can't tell what it is I do want, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm just really like in the ugliness of what I don't want, if I can find a, a really good friend who can be on the same page with me that they don't like, um, they don't allow me to wallow in the negative and they don't hang in there by going, oh my God, I had the same horrible thing happen too. Let's talk about that. But <laughs> instead, they're willing to listen to me And I usually set things up by saying, can I just brainstorm an idea because I'm feeling a little just stuck in the mud and I want to get out of it. And when you think about that as a framework, that's a really good framework. Mm -hmm. Because you're saying, I need to talk about something unpleasant, but I have the intention of getting out of it. And hopefully by talking about it, I'll find a way. And that's that's how I... Oh, go ahead. Finish your spot. That's how I use the negative. So like, and I I started out saying, this is the guidance that I give to others, which is go ahead and talk about where you're at and how this is unpleasant, but do it with the the deliberate intention of, of poking around in the negative just long enough that it sparks new ideas to take you out of it. Yes. And don't stop until you land in a positive place. Because if you stop while you're still in a negative, that's actually what the complete broadcast is. And mm-hmm. so now you're going to draw more of it to you. Right. But exactly. if you are like just talking about something negative and you start going, Ooh, I can kind of see why I've done this in the past. Or, you know, my dad used to do this. Well, this is interesting. This is kind of a family thing that happened. And I also saw it with teachers. Hmm. And if you keep going and keep going, you can go, but you know what? I think what I really wanted was for the sun to shine. Now you start feeling better, and then you start working about how you can focus on the sun shining. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of yesterday, we were talking about focusing on the, the snow and thinking, oh, meh, more snow. Right, right. Versus, mm-hmm. well, you know what? The snow is beautiful, and the sun's going to shine eventually, and we can feel good about what is now. And That's so right. 
that, that's kind of my guidance around negative feelings, which is use negative feelings for what they're for, which is they're a message. And they're a message and a starting point. You go you, poke it around till you understand what the message is about. Yeah, they're, they're a message and they're a starting point. We, we've talked previously in this book about the creative workshop. And this morning, uh, Cindy and I, as we were talking about money and the, the law of attraction, in that book, we're up to the um, book of creative aspects. And in both of those cases, both with the creative workshop and the book of, of aspects, positive aspects, in both cases, what you're doing is you're working from where you are incrementally to a better and better and better feeling place. Well, that's exactly what you just described. That's why it's, it's not bad to focus on a negative. The only thing that's bad is when you just stay there and continue just rehashing it. But if you use that as a starting place and then take mm-hmm. take it to a slightly better thought and a slightly better thought and a slightly better thought, especially when you do like you were describing where you're tying into your inner being, now you're combining the guidance with taking those those little steps like that. You're going to find your way out a lot faster. That's what you that's what you've taught me. I mean, I never really did the inner being thing very much between before you and Cindy and Tom came along and really kind of pushed me to do that. And as I have been doing that more and more, I am finding that when I put the request in, I may not always have that clear answer. I've talked about a lot, like I don't know when I'm getting an answer, but I do get stuff. I get, you know, I get emotions for sure. I get emotional reactions, but I also occasionally get little impressions that come to me. And as I tie those into trying to take the incremental steps, those impressions move the process along faster. That's where mm-hmm. the inner being part comes in for me. So mm-hmm. that's why I think we're really talking about the same thing today as we were when we talked about the creative workshop and about the book of positive aspects. Well, you know, in um, Facebook, we were in this law of attraction Facebook group. And I know you saw the, one of the things that I had um, responded to where somebody had posted that they had just started reading a couple of Abraham Hicks books. And after they got one book, they ended up with a parking ticket. Oh, yes. Then right, they buy that. another book, and they got another parking <laughs> yes. ticket. And the, and the question is like, you know, like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> is there something I need to know? And, you know, she posted this yesterday, and I noticed people were kind of slow to respond. And so I kind of threw, you know, my two cents in there, um, saying, well, I don't think anything's necessarily wrong, but the two parking tickets obviously got your attention. So there is a message there for you. Mm -hmm. So like poke around and, and and ask yourself questions like, well, what do these tickets represent? How do you feel? Et cetera, et cetera. And I was just really enamored by all the different responses that people had. You know, some people were just, you know, very literal, like, well, you got two parking tickets. The message is pay attention to where you park, (laughs) you know? And I thought, well, there's not, there's nothing wrong with that. It's like, yeah, Obviously, if you've got parking tickets, you must not have paid attention to don't park in this, these spaces or whatever. Um, but I always feel like it's more than that. I, I've never really known the, the universe to be literal. <laughs> like, you got a ticket, <laughs> don't do what it requires to get a ticket. <laughs> the universal language is that of symbolism. And so, I don't know, that may be a new concept for people, but the universe speaks in symbols. It always does. And so it's like, well, I don't know what those parking tickets mean for that individual because that's going to be very individualized for her. Um, But, you know, like some people were saying, well, when I've gotten tickets, what it it has done, it has showed me to slow down. Now, to me, that might be a speeding ticket. This one was a parking ticket. But, you know, I, I think there's a nice metaphor in if you get a speeding ticket, it might be saying to you metaphorically in the fullness of your life, you're moving at too fast a pace for you to keep up with. Maybe it's time to slow down or, or do some self-care. That to me is a nice metaphor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes when you're poking around at stuff looking for how can you get to the better feeling thought, the ways you can poke around is by getting out of the literal interpretation and start looking for metaphoric interpretation. Mm. It's interesting you should mention that, particularly about a situation with traffic. The reason I say that is I mentioned earlier how I was at a meeting with Louise and our new sales rep at the office for Gardens by Louise, which is just down the road from here. 
And after that meeting, I was coming back here because obviously I had to meet you so we could do the podcast. And on the way back, as I'm driving, basically as I was coming out of the parking lot where the office building is, where Louise's office is, um, this car comes behind me and he comes in really fast. I mean, I've already made my turn and he's like all of a sudden on my bumper and he's driving this older model uh, Corolla and I can hear him revving the engine. I said, oh, it's a kid, right? And you, you could just tell he was just, he had the lead foot. He could hardly wait to get past me and so forth. And we were driving through town and, and there a lot of, there's a lot of traffic, a lot of lights and so forth. And as soon as he had an opportunity, had no, it had nothing to do with what the, the road conditions or what the, the law was allowing. He was like crossing yellow lines to get around me and then to get around the next guy. And then he was weaving through the traffic and, you know, basically cutting in front of cars coming the other direction and then zooming off into the right lane and flying past the line of cars so he could race in front of the guy who was at the traffic light. And I'm thinking to myself, boy, oh boy, there's something really going on there. And I could just imagine he'll eventually get pulled over. I know that'll happen, right? He'll eventually get pulled over. He'll get ticketed and he'll be asking himself, well, why did I get that ticket? (laughs) Right? Isn't that what's going to happen? You know, most likely that's what he, and, and he's probably not going to realize that there was something going on in his life that was making him feel, well, I'm going to guess he was angry. I'm not sure what it was, but where he just had to get through the the, the traffic so fast. And mm-hmm. I wonder if he'll even uh, address that. I wonder if he'll even look at it. He may not. I was kind of putting out there, first of all, that he and everyone else would be safe. And second of all, you know, he'll actually come to face, face-to-face with whatever the real thing is that's causing all that so he won't drive unsafely anymore. But, I mean, as you were describing, I was thinking, that's going on with this guy's head right now. The same kind of, of, of situation where he has an internal message that's screaming to get out. Hmm. Okay, so you know I like to play. We, uh, we haven't said this on the air before, but off air, sometimes we talk about playing point, counterpoint, you yep. know, playing devil's advocate. Okay. So I'm listening to your story, and I'm like... I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that any of those thoughts would even be in his head. I think that's a natural thing to think about when you're watching that kind of thing. But if, was he a kid? Were you able to determine that? That he was young? I couldn't see. I think it was a kid, but I can't be a hundred percent sure. Okay. Cause I'm thinking, and and this, okay. and, And what I'm about to say is part of the practice that I have developed to learn to find different ways of looking at the same thing. So this was, I'm just going to say out loud what my practice has resulted in. Okay. So I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm like, okay, so what are some other possible reasons that he could be doing this? One, he could be in a hurry because maybe he just got a phone call that something has happened and he needs to be someplace very quickly. Possible. Um, another one could be, that he's testing out his new engine and he wants to see what it could do, or he wants to test out some new skills that he's just learned about mm-hmm. weaving in and out of traffic. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. What else? Could be that he just has absolutely zero um, consideration for the traffic conditions. Cause I know you said it had been snowing, so it probably wasn't dry pavement. No, it was dry. Um, it was dry. There was no problem with It was dry? Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, I, like, I remember I was uh, probably about 18 years old, and I was driving with a friend, and it was nighttime, and I'd gone to pick him up, and he lived way out in the boondock, so it wasn't an area that I was used to driving in. And, you know, I'm talking while I drive, right, because he and I are having conversation, but I'm in the driver's seat. And at one point, he said, Wendy, do you realize we are slipping and sliding on ice? And I got to tell you, I was completely unaware. Hmm. But the moment he brought it to my awareness, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my God, we are slipping and sliding all over the place. <laughs> I was actually kind of not happy that he told me about it because now I was freaked out about driving. Oh yeah. But before I had my mind so focused on our conversation and he was someone I hadn't seen in a long time. So I was really excited about connecting with him and catching up. Um, and so that just sparked in my head. He could be just completely that unaware that he's doing anything that's inappropriate or that anybody else would find to be a problem. There's a decent chance of that. 
Yeah. So I have no, and, and you could be totally right too. I just was like having all these other thoughts pop in as other possibilities because we really don't know how somebody's thinking. No. Oh, I agree. I was, I was speculating. Yeah. I, I, I will yeah. fully admit that I was speculating as to what might be going on in his head. But what I did know was that he was highly motivated to do that because he was doing something that yeah. was clearly outside the norm, right? I mean, this is yeah. not, not exactly what we would call the winner of the Safe Driving Academy Award. <laughs> well, and it, should he have gotten a ticket today or on another day because of doing the same kind of behaviors on the road, if let's just say for Grins, he's in the category of being completely oblivious, then it could be a little bit harder pressed for him to try to find the message, should he be interested in finding what what's the message of me getting this ticket versus, oh, rats, I got this ticket, or how dare a cop find me? <laughs> it's a subtle but, difference, you know, but sure. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, whenever something in, in a physical way occurs for us, whether it's illness or, you know, um, we go to pick up our dry cleaning and it's not ready yet, or, you know, we go through a fast food line and, oh, my God, there's like 15 cars in front of you. Whatever the circumstance is that happens on a physical level, it always equates to something metaphoric. And I think it's a fun practice to try to look for all the metaphors possible, because by doing that, that has helped me get really good at being able to ascertain a reason for something showing up in my life, because I've been practicing this for years of trying to find different metaphors. Oh, and I agree. I, and I agree also that he probably is doing this with some degree of not being aware of it. In mm -hmm. some way, he's he's blocked it off in his mind or something. I'm not sure exactly what. I was just hoping that um, when, in some way, he, I'm sure that he's going to get confronted with, with what's going on. It could be in the form of a ticket. Hopefully, it's not in the form of an accident. But in some way, I mean, he, he he's putting out uh, huge levels of vibrations. Those vibrations are going to come back one way or another. I just don't know how they're going to come back. And I'm just hoping <laughs> when they do come back, I, I, I was just trying to put in my mind that he's going to be able to get, he's going to be able to read the message. He's going to be able to notice the internal signal. That's what I'm hoping for him. You know, speaking of traffic, I think this is just ironic. When I was married, my ex-husband was an excellent driver. Now he's an over-the-road truck driver. He is just such an exquisitely fabulous driver. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, when we were dating, he brought me into his world of autocrossing. Oh. And I'd never heard of that. And autocrossing is where a group of people gather. I mean, there are, like, autocrossing clubs all across the nation, probably in other countries as well. And somebody designs a course on a giant parking lot and they place a lot of orange, you know, construction cones, which kind of create um, lanes, mm -hmm. if you will, like to know what, how, how, to, how you're going to drive your car and what configuration, right. turn left, turn right, go straight, etc. And so while we were doing autocrossing, we took an autocrossing course and learned all sorts of really cool skills. Well, when we were in regular driving, not on the autocross, but just, you know, out in regular street driving, I noticed that my husband would drive crazy. Really? And what I called crazy was he was zipping in and out, kind of like what you just described. Ah. Now, I thought that was because he loved autocrossing and he was practicing his autocrossing skills. Well, come to find out, sometimes that was the case, but most of the time it wasn't. He did it because he didn't like congestion and traffic, and he wanted to feel free. Mm -hmm. Sure. And so by darting in and out of all these cars, which, by the way, in his mind was very safe, and he's never nicked another car or gotten in an accident because of this. I mean, he is an incredible driver. But I would say to him, are you not aware of what other drivers are thinking and how you freak them out? <laughs> And that was that was like not even part of his consideration. He was just thinking about his personal desire for freedom. I believe it. And when when he would get through a whole bunch of cars, he would like all of a sudden breathe a sigh of, ah, now I'm free. Now they're not in my way. Because for him, other cars caused him to feel unsafe because he thought they were crazy drivers. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought the irony of that was hysterical to me, which is why I'm mentioning it, because I think it's a funny story. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's interesting to just kind of, 
you know, allow people who are open to listen that we all have a very different motivation for doing certain things. And what I called crazy for him was sane. And when he called other people crazy, to me, they were the turtles driving around on the road that were safe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I can identify with that. I can identify directly. Because when I moved to Connecticut and later moved to Virginia, each one of those steps, I was moving from upstate New York where you, you get a lot of snow in the winter. You, you learn a lot about driving in adverse conditions. And you just get good at it because you have to in order to survive. Whereas when you mm-hmm. move to Connecticut, there's a lot less snow. There's still quite a bit of snow, but not nearly as much. Not as, not nearly as much ice. Not nearly as many treacherous conditions. It's just you know a, a calmer place to be um, from that perspective. And then you move to Virginia, and you still get snow in Virginia, but it's a lot less frequent. And when it does happen, the drivers are even less prepared for it. And so in each of those cases, first moving from Connecticut or moving from New York to Connecticut and then from Connecticut to Virginia, both cases, I would laugh at the other drivers because they didn't know how to handle snow and ice like I did. And, you know, I knew perfectly well that they just never been exposed to it like I had, you know, but nevertheless, I would I would laugh about it. And after a number of years here in Connecticut, I realized that there were times when there was a snowstorm going on and I was driving in the snow that I probably was doing the same thing. I was probably freaking out other drivers because I knew how to handle the snow. And I knew that they didn't, you know, so honest to God, you know, my, my, my most important um, priority was my most important priority was staying away from the other drivers who I knew didn't know how to handle snow like I did. And so I was always trying to see, you know, the freedom thing, like how could I get between the packs of cars? I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but unless you're bumper to bumper cars drive in packs, (laughs) they just do. And so I wanted to get between the packs and there were times where, you know, You'd have a bunch of cars that were driving really, really slowly through this one section because they were so afraid of what was going to be on the road and would they be able to handle it. They'd all be lined up, and it would be on a two-lane highway, and over in the left lane, it's fairly clear, so i just pull into the left lane and go. And I'll bet you I was freaking people out by doing that. <laughs> you probably were. I probably, probably was. <laughs> and And did it bother me? No, because I knew how to drive in the darn thing. <laughs> I knew how to handle any situation that came up. I was not concerned. Was I doing 60 miles an hour? No, I wasn't doing that. But I wasn't doing 15 either. <laughs> you know, I, I, I knew what was the appropriate speed and I would do it, you know, because I had always done that. But I'll bet you there were people who I was passing who were like saying, oh, that guy is crazy. <laughs> so, And, you know, when we all learn, and I believe someday it could be gazillions of years down the road, one day we're all going to be tapping into our inner beings on a regular basis. Um, but one of the things I do when I see somebody driving erratic, I tap into my inner being and just ask for some guidance. I'm like, is there a reason to be concerned for this guy or is he safe and he knows what he's doing? And, you know, I, I get a sense of everything's okay or stay the heck away from him. <laughs> Yep. You know, but mm-hmm. I like knowing that if my inner being comes with me everywhere I go, I'm never without my inner being, which means I have guidance on tap continually. And I like knowing that. <laughs> I have to honestly say, in this guy's case, I didn't have to uh, ask my inner being about it because I just knew the way he was driving was not only freaking out the other drivers, but he was cutting things so close that all it would take would be for one of those other drivers to freak out in just the wrong way. And even with all his skill, he'd still get hit. So I didn't have to consult my inner being about that one. I knew it was dangerous. I'll give you that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, so here's something at the beginning of this section that we were just reading, the little topic says, can I think negative yet feel positive? Right. And that's mm-hmm. what Jerry and Esther conversed about. Right. But I'd like to bring up the reverse. Can I think positive yet feel negative? Oh, good point. Very good point. That's... So can I think positive and feel negative? I, I, I think that probably trips more people up than anything else, that point. But go ahead and say what you're going to say. Well, because I think there there's a... Um, 
if people are not really connected to knowing what their feelings feel like, or if people have not even bothered to notice that every thought has a feeling, or if people are just not feeling because they're denying all their feelings, then they may have the uh, false illusion that they can be speaking positively and focusing positively and thinking positively, but they might be actually feeling something negative and have a negative active vibration going on. And to me, that's why clients call life coaches. Mm. Yeah. Because they think they're doing everything. I mean, not always, but one, one case scenario is, as far as I know, I'm doing everything right. I mean, I had a, a gal um, uh, email me yesterday you know, from one of my websites. And she said, you know, I've got all these positive things going. I know law of attraction. It's working in all these wonderful ways. Here's all these things I've manifested. And then she named a whole bunch of things that weren't working well for her Mm -hmm. and didn't understand why. And I'm thinking, well, she probably is so unaware of all of the hidden from her awareness things that she's also um, got going on in her belief system that are actually active and alive in a negative way that she thinks she's thinking positive. She probably also thinks she's feeling positive, but there are hidden negative emotions going on buried beneath the surface. Mm, Yeah. Those are the things that trip us up from manifesting the things that we desire and we don't know why they're not coming about. Exactly true. Yeah. And I love, I can't remember whether it was in a CD or it was just a freebie link they gave, but if you bought a copy at one point, uh, and it may still be true, I don't know, if you bought a copy of Money and the Law of Attraction, they gave you either a CD or a link to a recording. Uh, I remember hearing it as a link to a recording, but the the recording began, it's a recording of one of the Abraham workshops, and it's an early one, it's like about 10, 12 years ago, something like that. Well, I guess not so early, but... Anyway, in the beginning of this workshop, um, Abraham does their usual introduction that they always do. You know, um, uh, something I don't remember the exact wording, but it's things like, uh, we're so glad to be here to do co-creating with you. Co-creating is a good thing, all that kind of stuff. And then they said, um, you are knowing what you wanting, what, what you are wanting, which I always love because it, it just shows yeah, how... you are knowing what you are wanting. You are knowing what That's you are wanting. It. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it shows just very clearly just how non-physical they are. <laughs> they just don't quite use the <laughs> language right. <laughs> you are knowing what you are wanting. And inevitably, of course, members of the audience are saying, uh-huh. And Abraham re- reacts by saying, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because immediately they're feeling and sensing the disconnect between the question they asked and the way the audience is responding. Yes, exactly. Because they're saying, and you're liking what you're, you know, you're, you're knowing what you're desiring. Yes, yes, yes. And you're liking it. Yes, yes, yes. But I, there's an overwhelming emotional, vibrational sense that that is not true. Exactly. And in fact, they, they, they play it out a little bit further and they say, well, it was a trick question because <laughs> here, here's the test to find out whether you are uh, knowing what you are wanting and and getting what you are wanting. The test is you already have it. If you already have it, then you're proving that you know this stuff. You're proving that you use it successfully. If you don't have it, then you're still trying to learn this stuff. You're still trying to learn how it is that you're blocking yourself, how you're how you're resisting the stuff that you're bringing in there. And that's what our real point is, that there are a number of ways that you humans have to just basically trip over yourselves. Well, what you're talking about, Wendy, this whole idea of saying, I am thinking positively and then surreptitiously without realizing it, feeling negatively, I think that's probably the number one way that people do exactly that. I think it's the number one way that people just, they, they get in their own way. I, I noticed that from the beginning. In fact, I'll tell you, one of the things that absolutely has blown my mind since I've gotten to know more and more people, particularly those who are in the early stages of learning how the law of attraction works, is that their reaction to discovering this 
has been so different from mine. In my reaction, I got pretty quickly early on that all of my thoughts are involved in attracting. And that included the negative ones. And my reaction was, oh my God, how the heck am I going to take care of that? Because I had a very good sense of just how many of them there were. But that's not the way most people see this. I mean, I to this day, I still am just blown away by... They think of, of law of attraction as just the positives. Well, you know, and I, and I certainly don't know every single person on the planet who's watched The Secret, nor have I interviewed them to know what their <laughs> takeaway was. Um, but I have talked to a number of people who have said, oh, I watched The Secret. That's where I learned about law of attraction. And then they proceed to go on with other conversation that leads me to believe, oh, they think that the secret or this law of attraction is a success principle. And if you follow these success strategies, then you will actually be using the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To which that's not the case, because it's not like when you do these five things, then you're using law of attraction. It's like, no. Law of attraction is using you 24-7. Right. And using it's just a silly word. But law of attraction operates whether you know it or not. Yeah. And it's not yeah. like just because you've read a book on law of attraction or seen a movie on law of attraction, such as The Secret, can you all of a sudden finally be able to use this thing that was a secret? And to no, the credit, this thing has been operating all the time. And to the credit of the movie, the movie actually does spend quite a fair amount of time pointing out that it does work just as much with negatives as it works with positives. But somehow when people watch it, they skip that. And that's the yeah. part that blows my mind. I don't understand how, how you skip that because it's really well, very and, evident. And, you know, when, I, when I'm uh, reading posts in this Facebook group, I kind of get that same sense that people are going, oh, I use the law of attraction. And I think that's kind of a – interesting phrase to announce you use the law of attraction because in a way you can't use it or not use it. It's always operating. Now what you and I, Walt, are specifically wanting to talk about by having a show called LOA Today, we want to help inform and give an insight as to how you can get on board with what's already happening. Right. But have it flow for you in a way that deliberately, you know, allows you to get the desires of your heart. Not to mention flow it's for ourselves, like, because we're trying to do this for ourselves as well. We're It's both. Yeah. We're trying to provide the information, and we're, we're practicing. We're learning. We're trying to learn how to do it better. So if you wanted to get on a train, and the train is in motion, you don't go, oh, wait, I'm finally learning how to use a train. <laughs> <laughs> if trains are in motion and they come to certain stops at certain in certain cities at certain stations, you got to figure out how what's the state uh, the train schedule, where are the locations that the trains actually show up and stop and unboard and board new people, <laughs> and you have to get with the flow of the train system. So nobody ever just says, "Hey." I finally figured out how to use a train. <laughs> now, they might say, I finally picked up a train schedule, and I know where there's one near me, and I'm going to head over there at the time, you know, 10 minutes, I'm going to get there 10 minutes before the train actually will, you know, be in the station. And then once the station's there, I'm at the station, and the door's open, I will get on. Well, that's kind of like how we on this show want to talk about the law of attraction. The law of attraction is like the train. It's always, it's in motion. It's doing its thing. And we want to help our listeners figure out how to pick up a train schedule to figure out how these trains work so you can get on board deliberately and go from point A to point B. <laughs> it's funny, as you were describing that, you were reminding me of my first exposure to the metro system in Washington, D.C., and wondering mm. just that. I, I wanted to understand how the system worked. And by that, what I really meant is I wanted to know, how, first of all, how do I know how to get from point A to point B with it? Because I knew it went in certain places, but not everywhere throughout the city. And second mm -hmm. of all, there, I, there were aspects of it 
I had never seen before. The way that, that a lot of the, the uh, ticketing works, like you, you have your little pass, you run it through the machine, and then when you're coming out, you run it through the machine. And I mean, literally, as something as simple as that, the first time I ran into it, it was like, okay, so how do I do this? <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to get out of the train, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, I know when I lived in Chicago, um, they had, it's called the L or the elevated train. Right. And, you know, they ran on certain schedules and depending on what label was on it, if you were on like a, you know, an AB train or an A train or a B train, you know, or an express train, they all did different kinds of stuff. And when I didn't understand the train system very well or the train schedule, sometimes I'm like, I know I need to get on a B train. And someone told me I could get on a B train or an AB train. Mm -hmm. So I get on this thing that's an AB train. I'm like, okay, this sounds cool. I'll get to where I need to go. But, oh, my goodness, it stopped at every station. And it took, like, forever to get to where I wanted to go. <laughs> well, to me, that's like saying, okay, law of attraction doesn't work. Yeah, right. Because it didn't get me to where I wanted to go in the way I wanted it to happen. Yeah. Well, then when I, like, started asking some people questions and went, oh, what I'm really looking for is the B Express train. That's the one where if I get on at a certain station, it's going to skip all the other stops and it won't stop until I get to my destination. That to me is like, and when you take that train and do it in a way that it's like, it's quick, it's easy, the flow is happening and it feels good to me. That's like when people say to me, oh yeah, I use law of attraction and I, I love it. I always get what I want. But that's because somebody took the time to learn the principles of law of attraction. Yes. And so they knew how to get on the B Express train and and have it go the way they want it to go. And then you and don't. So I you love I love talking in metaphors and I love talking in train metaphors because I get a lot of things. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> it's kind of like it's not appropriate in my world for someone to go. Oh yeah, I use law of attraction. <laughs> I don't think you can use the law of attraction because law of attraction is not something that can be used or not used. It's just always <laughs> happening. <laughs> It reminds me of and a it story. Could be semantics, and if somebody wants to use those words, I'm not going to kick them out of the club. <laughs> well, that's nice to know. <laughs> that's very good of you, I have to say. But it, 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 you like train stories? Here's another one. It reminds me of a story that circulated among fans of the New York Yankees. I'm a Yankee fan, so that's why I know the story. Um, there was a young rookie player who had just joined the team. Now, the Yankees play in New York, but they play specifically in the Bronx, which is to the north side of New York. And... This player, of course, was a rookie, which means he doesn't have a lot of money. He's not one of the players with a big contract, right? So very frugally, in order to get to the stadium for his first game, he gets on the subway to take the subway up to the Bronx. And he doesn't know the subway system. So he's trying to figure out his way, and he gets on what he's pretty sure is the right train. And again, it was a situation like you described. It was stopping station after station after station. It was not an express train at all. And when he got off, he found he was in Staten Island, which is at the opposite end of the city. <laughs> he went the wrong Oops. direction. <laughs> Oops. Fortunately, he was in New York City. So he said, uh, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm a rookie with the Yankees. Can you help me get to Yankee Stadium? Ah, oh, you went the wrong way. You do this and do that. Here, we'll, we'll get you there. They got him on a cab. They got him to the stadium. He was great. you know. But, but it does illustrate what happens when you try to use a train system without really understanding how the train system works. You kind of set yourself up for going to Staten Island when you want to go to the Bronx. Well, the, the same thing is, is the true with the LOA. dictates where those trains go and when they go, and they're just going to go. Yeah. Whether you're in agreement with it or not. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so so did, did he use the trains? Well, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> he just went the wrong direction. Well, he got on a train. <laughs> he got on a train, yeah. <laughs> you know, and eventually he got off the train, but did he land where he wanted to? No. <laughs> so would it have behooved him to have bothered to have learned a little bit more about the subway system before he tried to use it deliberately? I, I have to give him credit for one thing. He did learn a lesson, just not the one you thought. His lesson was, mm -hmm. from now on, I'm going to use Uber. <laughs> oh, that is funny. But, you know, it does, I guess while we're talking about this, I think it does kind of uh, uh, land on a truth. How many of us have been guilty of not bothering to read the instruction manual 
And then we try to put something together and then go, this thing sucks or it's broken or it doesn't work. And then we give up on it. But the truth is, had we taken the time to read the instruction manual, we might have put the bookcase together in a way that it was a beautiful bookcase. Very true. Instead of, no, it doesn't work, it's crap. (laughs) (laughs) And oftentimes I hear people saying that about law of attraction. You know, they'll declare either it works or it doesn't work. And I'm thinking it's not something that does work or doesn't work. It always (laughs) operates. And you're uh, attempting to use it or not use it according to how it operates is really on you and not on the law of attraction. Very true. Very true. And that's something I see a lot in Facebook groups where, you know, they'll like even Abraham, some people go, oh, yeah, I don't like them at all. Okay, that's fine. But I, I guess I don't have a judgment on whether one somebody, one teacher is good or bad. It's like whoever you resonate with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And have you bothered to give somebody a chance? Mm. You know, and when I mean chance, as in like, have you read their material? Have you listened to them? Now, if you listen to like the first 10 minutes of Abraham and it's something that maybe bumps up against your belief system, does that mean you just throw them out because it bumped up against your belief system? Well, you could if you want to. I think it's a little short-sighted. <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel about everyone, not just Abraham. But I just, I, it's like I'll read a whole book before I could make my, come to my own conclusion about that particular author. Or I'm at least give them a chance. Preface and go, yeah, this, this is a stupid book. I'm not reading this. <laughs> well, you're going to be very pleased to know that we completed all of two-thirds of a page of this section. So... <laughs> So we are miles away from finishing this part of the book. Oh, now we're miles away. <laughs> well, you wanted a different tune, right? So here we go. A yeah, different that tune. was a good one. You're a quick learner, Walt. <laughs> I do want to take a moment to remind people we have a schedule change that's taking place starting this weekend on Sundays. From now on, we are going to do the Sunday podcast with David Bartke at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We're moving it to the evening hours, uh, primarily so that Louise and I can go out and do day trips on the weekend, which is fun to do during the spring and summer months, um, and also because we want to give people to uh, you know the chance to call in who can call in during the evening but can't call in during the day. So you know, mark the change on your schedules. From now on, we're doing the Sunday podcast at 8 p.m., um, and uh, I also gave the update on the book. We're making good progress on that. About 60% of it's edited now, and I'm, so I'm moving along finally, which is great. Um, and final reminder, our favorite one, make sure you subscribe and share if you have not already done so. That's how you get to keep up with all the great podcasts that come through your smartphone. Um, it's really easy to do now. You just do it right on the homepage. All the instructions are there. Just subscribe and share. And uh, just want to make sure we got those in before the end of the podcast. And oh, and Cindy, or Cindy, yeah, right, Wendy. Which co-host am I talking? What what day is this? <laughs> it's Wendy. the afternoon show with Wendy. It's the <laughs> afternoon show with Wendy. Thank you very much. I appreciate that cue, <laughs> Wendy. For somebody who wants to talk to somebody more personally, because we talked about how you know sometimes you need to talk to a coach. How do they reach out to you? Oh, they can't talk to me. I'm so <laughs> If you've listened to any of the shows, you'll know that's not true. <laughs> um, you can find me at wendydillard.com. So you always make it so simple. That must be why well, you're such you a know, good coach. <laughs> I am simple. When I'm listening to someone else's show and they want to give out their contact information, when they start rattling off all sorts of stuff, <laughs> it becomes one blur and then I've lost it all. <laughs> so I've ever, I thought to myself, if ever I have the chance to answer the question, how can they reach you? I wanted it to be something easy. And since you've called me Wendy a number of times, and because my name, Wendy Diller, is actually <laughs> on, the, on the show, I think it's really easy to say wendydiller.com. This is no very sense. true. That, see, this is why you're at my afternoon podcast, podcast co-host. You're great at this. It's wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> so let's do it again tomorrow. What do you say? I'll be here. I will as well. We hope you will, too, here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye now. 